0: It's time for today's Big Idea. Here's an idea. When tragedy strikes, shut up. I am tired of reading tweets and status updates that appear to be a sincere expression of empathy and emotion but are really just a display of self-promotion. This week, for the second time in less than six months, London was rocked by a crash that led to a senseless loss of life. In June, it was a hate-motivated act of terrorism that killed four people and injured one. This week, it was a collision that killed an eight-year-old girl and injured nine others, the details of which are still coming out. There are similarities between the two cases, both involved people being hit by a vehicle that resulted in death and injury. Both happened in the west end of the city. Both happened in the evening. And both were followed by wild speculation before all the facts were known. In June, that speculation focused on poor road design and how this was going to keep happening if we didn't open our eyes to other modes of transportation and weren't so dependent on the car. That all stopped when the identities of the victims were shared and was revealed to be a targeted attack. You would hope people would have learned their lesson, but of course they did not. This week on Twitter, there were threads about how the crash was terrible and about how we can prevent something like this from ever happening again. One focused on road design, speed limits, and regularly testing drivers to ensure they aren't putting others at risk. Another said, and I quote, regardless of the cause, let's not demonize the driver. Our road design must change. Someone else wrote about how we need to improve infrastructure for pedestrians and cyclists, and how London's car-centric infrastructure is dangerous. People even started to quibble over terminology, suggesting terms like pedestrian, cyclist, and driver dehumanizes those who are affected. Not to be outdone on Facebook, people blame the Ministry of Transportation for not testing elderly drivers enough. A reference to the fact the driver involved in the collision was 76 years old. Others on Facebook openly questioned whether a GM recall from last year was to blame without even knowing the type of car involved in the crash. Of course, there were also questions on social media about whether the driver was drunk or high. Maybe they were texting and driving. Maybe this was another targeted attack. It is natural for those whose world was rocked in June to relive Of those painful memories when there is another incident that is similar. It is also natural that parents and grandparents and just everyday decent human beings would see what happened this week, week and think it could have been someone they loved who was hurt. Grief used to be something private, but the internet has changed that. Princess Diana died August 31st, 1997, and I remember exactly where I was when I heard the news. I was up at the cottage with my family and I was shocked, but I wasn't on the internet. Diana's death came at a time when the internet was new and a foreign concept to many. Social media was just a twinkle in the eye of computer programmers everywhere. And yet, her death led to what is called the dianification of public mourning. That's the idea that our method of mourning is driven more by selfishness and secularism than the sincerity of emotion. Cynics call those people grief junkies, people who rush to publicly mourn others whom they've never met. Now, I would like to believe that people do genuinely care about the well-being of others and are sad when a life is lost, whether they knew them or not. But I do think the internet has brought out the worst in public grieving. When we interact online, we create avatars of ourselves and view others the same way. We create this version of ourselves we want to portray to the world. It allows otherwise seemingly decent people to say nasty things in comment sections. It isn't real. Lately, when I see people react to tragedy online, I see people exploiting the grief of others to feed their own ego. It's ironic that arguments about road design, driver testing, and speed limits, arguments that are fact-based, are made all before the facts are known in the June attack or this week crash. It is sad that people rush to correct language, such as pedestrian, cyclist, or driver, because they believe it dehumanizes people, when what's really dehumanizing is to have your worst day turned into a talking point on social media. This may come as a shock to people, but when tragedy strikes, you don't have to say anything. You really don't. If you must say something, share your condolences, express your grief for the victims, and leave it at that. If you personally knew the victims, would you talk road design with them? Would you talk about how awful you feel for them? The internet has made it easier to communicate without empathy because... You're physically removed from everyone involved in a given situation, and this week is a perfect example of that. There is a time and place to talk road design, speed limits, driver testing, drunk driving, distracted driving, and speeding, but that time is not 24 hours after an incident has occurred and before police have even said what happened. Sometimes saying the right thing means saying nothing at all. And that's today's Big Idea.